Hello everyone, we are back with another Fireside Chat. It's now our Fireside, Fireside Chat 10. Yeah, so uh, as always, I'm Sandra Mancuso. I'm here with my colleagues, Mashuk Badar, Jose Huerta. So today we picked an interesting topic that impacts all of us at work, not only inside Codunas, but outside as well. Uh, the topic is difficult conversations. Right. I believe that all of us, uh, regardless of which positions we play within a company, every now and again, we will need to have a conversation that we are a bit uncomfortable ourselves or we will make someone else uncomfortable. But one way or another, we will make we are a bit like, oh, my God, I don't want to have that conversation. Right. So so this is what the topic for today. Um, and I'd like to open up uh, asking Mesh and, and Jose, like, what are the kind of conversations that you judge difficult that you are not really either not looking forward or I can start so I, I think this further um, divides into two other categories the kind of conversation that you go into thinking dreading that you know I'm gonna have to start this somehow and it's gonna be difficult so normally it's related to kind of feedback or uh, something that you you want the other you didn't like or something right so often that you know you're going to be criticizing something and the other kind of difficult conversation is one that kind of um, makes you defensive so you don't go into a conversation you're just having a normal kind of uh, dialogue and suddenly something is said or you get into a particular phase of the conversation where you get defensive and you know that again gets your defenses up and makes you kind of fight and flee fight or flee response. So both of them can be quite difficult. But I think they fit into two, maybe two different categories. Um, so one is criticizing, maybe feedback, where you're providing some sort of, I don't know, some sort of criticism. And the other one is where the conversation invokes a kind of fight or flee response in you. Hmm. I, I think uh, to some extent, for me, it's more about uh, probably the character of, of the person that I'm going to be having that conversation with, especially if I know, for instance, that there are certain things that trigger me uh, or that, you know, they tend to have an attitude of, of uh, victimizing themselves or, you know, blaming others or, you know, uh, things like that, you know, and, uh, and that makes it, you know, quite difficult for me because then the, you constantly need to be dealing with that and being very aware and very much, you know, have that presence and that, that self-control to be filtering out all of these things that can take the conversation, like, away from what you are trying to accomplish. And this is what, for me, makes it difficult. It's not so much what you need to say, no. It, it's, okay, while I'm doing that, like how, how, do, how not to turn this into something improductive, no? How not to turn this into just drama or whatever, right? Uh, I feel that's that's one of the things. Like when emotions are involved and, and that kind of thing, uh, that makes it kind of difficult. You also, of course, you know, you, you, you have your empathy as well and so on, right? Like it's not, 
uh, as a person, it will affect you. Uh, but it's a lot easier to have that conversation if people don't tend to, again, find the, the buttons that, that trigger me in particular. No, this is, this is just from my uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. I have too many of those buttons. This is the problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There are the too many things. <laughs> exactly. It's a whole keyboard. It's a whole keyboard of buttons that, <laughs> that, that trigger me, right? So I, 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 I had to learn over the years to control myself a bit. But like uh, being a bit more seriously, I think that this is uh, a point that is the same for me. I think that that is the, the, the person on the other side. There are multiple aspects to different conversations, right? So that is who I need to speak to and the kind of relationship that I had with that person and also what I need to say. In terms of um, being more specific in terms of the different types of situations, it would be, I would I'd love to know, although we know each other quite well but i'd love to hear from you also like what are the, the specific conversations that you feel uncomfortable um but like i have a few uh i i'll tell you what i don't feel uncomfortable anymore after eight years running this company uh and jose was running companies even before he joined codurance uh, but all of us are in authority positions let's say so we need to make decisions. We need to criticize. We need to, right? So we employ a lot of people. So, so it's part of our job to, to make sure that our services are being delivered well. We have certain quality. So, and we have to have a lot of difficult conversations with people at all levels. I, I feel a bit more comfortable given the amount of those conversations that I had over the years to, to criticize something. But there are different people, as Jose was saying, that they will react differently when you are providing that uh, uh, criticism or that feedback and stuff. So depending on who I'm speaking to, uh, it, it makes it complicated. And, and one of the things that I find very difficult is when you have someone that is extremely dedicated, that works extremely hard, puts loads of hours into work, but the outcome of that work is not at the level that you expect. And then all of a sudden you need to have a difficult conversation that the person is not performing according to the level that you expect when that person is really uh, providing, well, trying to do her best. I find it very, very difficult. Uh, and you yeah. have the other opposite that as well. Uh, when, when, when someone is, you, you have a feeling that someone is taking the piece, but you are not quite sure. This is another thing that I find very difficult is you don't know if someone is taking advantage of the system or if they are really having a problem. And, and just inquiring that to understand a little bit more, it's already uncomfortable, you know, like, because if the person is having a problem and needs some support, you don't want, you want to show support and not that you might, be doubting that the, the person you see what i'm saying so those those are just two examples yeah i mean uh, uh, there is another thing that i'd like to add another dynamic in running a company you know on one end yeah, as you said you know we are in a position of authority but at the same time we are uh we are having conversations with people who who are at a position of authority compared to us so specifically clients, 
right? They are paying our bills. And very often you have to, you know, have a difficult conversation about the practices or the ways of working or their their behavior. So it's specifically when someone hires you uh, and, you know, you're working with them and you realize that they are the problem for a lot of the things that are going wrong. They are the root cause. And having those conversations uh, while main, maintaining that um, professional uh, kind of environment, but also maintaining that, you know, almost a sense of loyalty that you you have, but still being trying to be honest and constructive with them, that can be quite difficult as well. You dread almost like sometimes the client sends you a, a, a very short email, say, we need to have a conversation and that's it, right? So, so it's all like that. But that's the kind of thing that if you're going to be having a difficult conversation, you should not do because that does not help at all to make it easier. Okay. So we can, we'll, later, if we go into how to make it easier, we can, uh, that's just, that is the sign to, to increase your level of uh, uh, stress, anxiety, uh, and and stress about it. Yeah. It's, so again, it's people don't maybe don't notice it, or you know, they they don't realize that they're doing it. But that's that's, that's yeah. It's it, I. You know, we we're talking about pet hates. It's one of my pet hates. Actually, it's that someone sends you a Slack message or an email. You know, can we can we have a chat, or puts a meeting in your calendar catch up <laughs> or chat, yeah. you know, and you think, okay, can you like, please prepare me? And I know in, in those kind of situations, sometimes the chat is related to news. Then if you're going to do that, then just pick the phone up and start having the chat because actually I find it a bit unfair <laughs> to kind of leave it, leave people on, on in the lurch, you know, like, can we have a chat and then leave it there? But but let, let's let's go back to to the kind of conversation that makes it very difficult. Even like uh, uh, even if you do like if you uh, let's say if if everyone involved they know what the subject is about. But like for example, we mentioned like giving feedback. I gave two examples. Are there other examples? I don't know. For example, when you are speaking to people and you need to say something that makes you uncomfortable, or you find oh this is going to be difficult. Are there other examples? I think I think one thing is that uh, someone speaks very. It's not about like someone says something, and it is so it kind of triggers you, you know, like you're talking about buttons, right? So and it actually, it I find that is to do with the relationship that you have with the person as well. Actually, I have more things that trigger me with the people that are much closer to me, than than people that are quite far from me. Right. So and I find those conversations quite difficult in a in a very different way is that often I'm not proud of my reaction. You know, when you get get triggered. So so I, I, I actually dread those kind of moments where actually I think uh, I my guard is down. And something triggered me and I just, you know, I was quite raw without considering what they said and considering how I said what I said, and afterwards I'm gonna regret that, you know. And that that also actually, uh, in a way, worries me 
more in some some cases than you know having some kind of level of prep to say i'm going to have this conversation with someone it's going to be difficult but you know at least you've had a chance to prepare and you know what you're going to say is deliberate rather than kind of off the cuff hmm. what about you Jose? are there like uh conversations that you find harder examples of conversations that you need to have but it's taxing for you let's say and for the other person as well um well Firing someone is always uh, uh, one of those, no? Whether you like it or not, whether uh, it's something that you have to do or that you know needs to happen, no? Uh, kind of thing. Um, so that's that's one. Uh, I with clients, it's like if you get fired, let's say that is uh, one of those because it means that you you didn't manage to if you didn't see it no and and then now you are getting at this you know gender no where you're where you're kind of parting ways or whatever uh you you were completely you know blind to to that situation and you then have to swallow a, a, a big pill right now you're getting all of the no uh and that is something that's Client-wise, that's one of the hardest conversations for me to have because other things, like if you saw it, like if you're having issues with a project, if you have to tell them, you know, that they're affecting negatively, whatever, no, that's a, a bit easier because to some extent, they hire you to do a job, no? And if they don't, at least that's the way that I see it, no, they hire you to do a job. If they don't like what you're, they can, you know, they can, just not hire you right like it, it's mm -hmm. fine it's your job to tell them this is not working it's or your job to tell them that this is the reality of where we are right now and so on right um and it's also your job to do the best job possible right so if you see something you will try to address it and you will you shouldn't be afraid to have the the kind of conversations that we're talking about but if you didn't see it and then you know you get to that point where you're getting the this news and the whys and all that stuff, right? Then it's a, it becomes a bit more difficult, just because you have to process everything, and it's just, it's just too much of a of a mm -hmm. deal, no? Um, yeah, that's that that would be you know for from the client point of view, and then internally performance uh, feedback and so on. It might be difficult depending on on the person, no? And again, this goes back to you know how you think they'll be reacting, and you know. Is it a big thing? Is it a small thing? You know, that kind of stuff. But other than that, it's not that difficult. Oh, uh, not true. There's, mm. there's conversations of, around money um, mm. can also be uh, kind of difficult uh, as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is what I would say because, like, um, part of those feedbacks, like, we, we, we talk to a lot of people in the organization at many different levels with different expectations. And we do performance reviews as well, just for people listening. Uh, so there are certain conversations that are very complicated because the, the person feels that they are doing a great job, but the feedback that we collect in our own feedback is the opposite. It's not that, the and, and the problem is that what is difficult is 
as we all know, it's not binary. It's not that someone is doing a great job or a bad job. Uh, we all, there are things that we do well, things that we don't do so well, and things that we are, we do okay. And this makes it very complicated because, like, there are certain key expectations that you might have that might differ from what the expectations of the person has. So you are going to the conversation with a completely different perspective of, for example, if you are doing an evaluation in that case. So a person say, hey, from my perspective, I'm doing a good job. And from your perspective, say, like, I'm, well, that's not how we see that. And this becomes really complicated because, of course, that you might ask, ah, oh, but then it's because the, the expectations were not well defined. Yeah, sure. It's very easy for us to understand the root cause that there was a, a misalignment of expectations. Great, but how do you fix that? then and then during that conversation. That might be a bit too late because you might be reviewing someone's salary at that point. And you cannot review the, the expectations because there's no more time to react to that, right? So you just need to resolve it at that point. So maximum that you can see is uh, do is align expectations for the next review. But, but now it's a bit too late to be aligning. Again, you can discuss the root cause, but that is a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and there are uh, people that you know that whatever you say to them, they're not going to listen. That's also that we, there's, there's people that don't take feedback well, that they are closed to, to feedback. And, and although some of them ask for feedback, they are, are actually asking for kudos, right? When they ask feedback, they, they, they want you to tell them that they are doing a good job. But if you try to say that they are not doing a good job, or if you try to say, hey, you do uh, out of 10 things, there are nine things that you do extremely well. And then you pick one for them to improve and they throw a massive tantrum. So you know that certain people, you say, oh my God, how I'm gonna, how many, uh, I need, how many, uh, how can I say that? I don't know how to say so, that in English, so, but. Softeners. The, the exactly, softeners, the how many that things. Soften the, the message or, or minimize the impact of what you're trying to say. You, you, basically exactly. sugar coating, no? Exactly, mm -hmm. so so how much sugar do I need to put in there until I get to the point because you know that if I go directly there, uh, it will be harder. So, so yeah, so th those are things that are uncomfortable to us. Mm -hmm. um, Thankfully, this uh, topic of this talk is conversations, right? And feedback is a, to have a, a good constructive feedback session is both about giving and receiving, right? Um, it definitely makes the job of providing feedback much more difficult, right? But when, but I think there is a responsibility in, in this case of how you receive the feedback as well, is to, to, to some level to try to take the emotion out as much as possible. And I, I personally think this become, comes from uh, practice because no one likes being told, doesn't matter how much you say, you say it, no one really likes being told that, oh, you know, there's that area that you could have improved in. But actually, I, I and it's happened to me a few times, um, especially earlier on in my career, where someone said something to me, and at the time, it you felt like hard done by, you felt it was unfair, and and in some ways, you know, kind of um, unhappy. Well, definitely unhappy 
about it. But then when you look at it later on, you think, well, you know, there was a reason that someone has tried to say this and, you know, it's not out of malice. So then what is behind it? What am I doing that, you know, that this is, uh, what, what's causing this? And in fact, uh, some aspects of it have been uh, fairly recent. Like for quite a while, I thought I spoke quite clearly, right? And then someone like a few years back said to me, you know what, you go into a lot of tangents. You kind of start saying one thing and then you move, you, you're not even done there and you start saying something else. And I still do it. But I, at the time I thought like, you know, you're talking nonsense. But slowly I started to actually analyze what, what I was doing. And I thought that was bang on. And in fact, I mean, I'm still trying to improve on it, but it's an area that actually it's put some light on it. And I, and it's helped me a lot. I mean, those few words were actually extremely valuable. And I think receiving feedback, you have to start learning that actually is quite a power to, to just see it as it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's you in the in the, the subject of feedback. There are other things that I find difficult sometimes. It's there are times that you, you need to give the feedback and there is a power balance. You say, like, look, this is like you are either the, the one of the founders of the company or you are one of the senior management or the team lead or something. So that there are times that, that is not a mutual feedback. You just need to get the job done and you need to give the, the feedback to the person how the job should be done. Uh, but, but there are times that you are doing that with a peer. So that is not about feedback in terms, there's nothing to do with pay, uh, uh, to, to review salaries or promotions or any of that. It's just like someone that you work uh, on a daily basis. And sometimes they do certain things that you, you are not, it's not necessarily that you are not okay, but they, 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 bug you they, they 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 disturb you in a way and then you have that that choice either you're gonna say okay i, I need to you know swallow it because like you, you, the risk here is that if you go to that person and say what you want to say you might destroy the working relationship and this might not be related because when, when is a when is a, is a performance review quite often you have a some sort of a criteria but imagine is something is some some key behavior I don't know, there is some behavior that this person has, this colleague of yours or has that you don't like, right? The way that they, sometimes they speak, the way that they uh, collaborate and stuff like that. And, and, and sometimes with certain people, I find it difficult to give that feedback because depending on how that fit, I'm not very good at putting things across in a nice way. So there's always a risk from my perspective that if I say that, I might say that in a way that will offend that person and that will make our working relationship far worse. So what sometimes, oh, so now that I'm reflecting at that, what makes it difficult for me is that sometimes I don't know how to put something across. It's not about the reaction. It's more on my side is how do I phrase that? And that's why I'm, I dread certain conversations sometimes. I, I, you touch on, a, on an interesting point because one is um, getting your uh, point uh, across and how you phrase it. 
but there is a cultural aspect to it as well. Mm. Yeah. So depending on where you're coming from, chances are, or where you grew up and so on, chances are that you have certain preference, no overall on the communication style. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that might not mix very well with, with the other person. Right. Um, and I, I remember conversations where, you know, uh, people were saying, you know, they, they were escalating feedback, no? And they were saying, hey, uh, you know, this is not working out with, you know, this, this team or this person. And I was like, okay, but have you talked to them? Have you, you know, made that feedback? So, because you're escalating, right? Like, so, so what's, what was the result of, of that? Well, we, we tried to nudge them, <laughs> right? And nudge them is basically, <laughs> they were, they they gave the feedback in a in a culturally appropriate way for their culture and they were very very polite so the message did not get across right um and and tuning that and having that sensibility of you know no, how you're going to convey the message but also what is going to be decoded on the other end or how it's going to be decoded the, on the other end is something that as well makes sometimes that process difficult right mm -hmm. uh before i was talking about the you know the softeners no or or um i don't remember the other term but you can hype as well no uh and cultures you know like the spanish culture you know Brazilian, like tend to be italian no tend to use a lot of those words like it it was a terrible uh, you know like you you go on superlatives all the time <laughs> yeah, and, and the, mm -hmm. for someone listening to that <laughs> where you know the uh their main thing is like well not too bad and that means you know everything is great <laughs> right uh that's a big jump no in and... which world does not too bad mean everything is great <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> it made so, this bad. <laughs> so, so, so again, uh, the the idea there is that uh, there is that aspect of you know how do I put this across, but it's also how it's going to be interpreted, and that's what makes it. You know, if you could just you know deliver it the way that you think you're going, you know, that that comes out, and knowing that it will be received that way, uh, then I, you probably wouldn't feel like that. Oh, how how do I sugarcoat this? Or how do I mm. you know what's the proper way of giving it the the level of urgency? You no, know, that that this feedback mm -hmm. kind of has, or right, and and that's important there. No, um, I don't know what what's your I, experience around it, that. Does it sound it, familiar? <laughs> it sounds very familiar. In fact, I was uh, I, I tell this story to everybody, but I was at. Uh, uh, project a long time ago when I worked for a consultancy and we had a contingent from uh, from Netherlands and there culturally you know it's actually quite accepted that you you know if you see something especially around personal hygiene or personal looks or so on you just say it and they 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 you know they see that as a you know I'm, I'm being very genuine and nice to the person but there were there were instances that this happened at the at the client where there was kind of the complaint started rolling in about the things that these uh, people were saying to English sensibilities, and uh, uh, and then the 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 company they worked for had to send them on a English cultural training because 
this was particularly wow. yeah it was causing a big issue for them is that you know they would if they found a, a meeting boring they would say you know like okay what you're saying you know you've been talking to for too long and that's boring and they would <laughs> you know and My i'm type not even people. going yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even going into some of the personal things that they would say about looks and so on, right? And uh, they they had, and in a way, I thought that you know it was. Um, and they were quite baffled. I see. Like, why would why would you um, why would you take offense? You know, I'm telling you exactly how it is. I'm, you know, so you can improve it. And I'm. I mean, for I don't mean it in a bad way. But you know, in in English, you don't do that. You sit there for like three hours, getting really bored, and you know, you try to stifle your yawns because you don't. And then afterwards, say, "How was the meeting? Not too bad." <laughs> <laughs> I had to adapt significantly because, like, for me, it was a, a steep learning curve. Uh, arrive as a Brazilian, arrive in the UK, and. and after 17 years, I'm still a bit far away from, from mastering the, 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 the way that uh, English people talk to each other and stuff because we need to be careful. And, and we, as Jose was saying, we tend to be a bit more direct and, and exaggerate more as well. So we go very easily. I, now I, I think I'm better, but we very easily like, oh, you always or never. So you use those, those extreme words, right? So, but, but a person from the same culture, from the same uh, background, understand that even if you say always, you don't mean always. <laughs> you mean sometimes, right? <laughs> or never. Well, it's not never, right? Sometimes. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, 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 and those things, and we also know that you can. Uh, be quite forceful in that in that conversation. Have almost an what would be considered an argument uh, from a British person perspective. But we also know that as soon as we are done, say, are we done? Okay, are we done at shouting at each other and swearing at each other? Yeah, okay. Oh, we have some time. Let's have a beer. Let, let's let's have a beer before we go home. And mm. that's the end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you know the book, the culture map. Uh, I think it's Erin Mayer, the the author, um, and she puts across a, a couple of interesting points when it comes to you know analyzing cultures and the way that they communicate and so on. And although you may find cultures that are very direct when speaking, when it comes to feedback, they may be a bit more you know. Indirect. Exactly. Indirect, right? Like they may, they may sugarcoat things or uh, beat around the bush and so on. And one of the points that uh, she makes in the book is that uh, it, it is, they don't want the relationship to be affected. Therefore, they are a lot more, uh, they, 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 they feel a bit more stress or more um, worried, no, that what they're going to say is going to trigger that, right? And that's why they, they tend to be indirect in that sense, no? Um, I feel like there's there's other things here around, you know, feedback and having difficult conversations that I, and now I'm kind of like switching a little bit the topic now, but I think another thing that makes it uh, difficult and, and we need to purposely think about this is that a lot of times we're using these templates of how we're supposed to be doing it's like you know the sandwich uh, approach or things like this, which are 
terrible, <laughs> which are terrible ways of, of having those conversations, no? Um, but they are very much the the way that people tend to do it. Oh, I'm going to have to say something, you know, tough. I'm going to start by complimenting how well X, Y, Z is. And when you do something like that, then the me the message starts to get mixed. Right? It starts to get lost in. So you're complimenting, but then you're saying this other thing. So which which one is it? Are you saying it because you really mean it? No, as in, you know, this is going really well and so on. And now you're adding this thing or is it just a, a technique, no, to to get me to swallow what you actually wanted to tell me, no? Mm -hmm. And I feel this approach where you're kind of going into the conversation with the idea of manipulating the other person to, for them to listen to what you're saying is not good. Right, it's 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 not uh, constructive. So I'd much rather go and say, "Hey, listen, you know, we need to talk. There's certain things that uh, I feel are not working out. It's related to your performance. It's related to how you handle blah blah. blah. It's related to uh, what do you think if we have a conversation around that? Okay, yeah, okay, great. Uh, why don't so how do you want to start? Should I start and say you know what I'm seeing and why it, why it worries me and then you know you can give me your point of view and then we go from there and see you know if there's any information that i'm missing or you know how to solve it together or are you do you think that you already know what you know you want to express that first and make that into a conversation no where people are not being pushed into listen this is the feedback this is the no this is and and they are part of that and they can shape uh, that conversation. And I feel that's a more constructive and more uh, also gratifying way of doing this because sometimes you go in and while you're in there, you may change your mind about what you were thinking because there was information you didn't know because whatever, right? Uh, but the fact that you're approaching it as how do we design this process together on how we will feel comfortable having this conversation, uh, it's it's a great start, no? If you mm -hmm. really want to make that easier. Mm -hmm. to some this is actually, sorry, this is very close to, um, you know, this um, in Richard Sennett, actually in his book together talks about this subjunctive versus declarative, right? Um, language that we use. And it goes to like what you guys were talking about, uh, you know, using those extremes, like, you know, it's terrible and, and this kind of thing. But it actually goes m more than that because even like saying you are behaving like this and this is causing that to to then actually turn that round to 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 be a perspective because that that opens up and that is then goes to subjunctive rather than declarative i'm not declaring what i'm providing you with my perspective and i have this particular perspective right and you kind of frame that perspective and you say okay from this particular perspective um you know this is how I see your, like, let's say we talk about someone's, you know, work. And this is how I see your work. And this is, these are the problems that this work is causing. So you very quickly move the, the criticism, let's say, away from the person to the situation. And I think that that then creates a much more conducive environment where, where you, the, you know, you're trying, the person is going to, you know, it depends on them as well, right? They, you know, they, they will understand that this is a criticism on them. 
but you're trying to neutralize it as much as possible. And I think that responsibility lies on the person providing that constructive uh, criticism or whatever we call it, is to, to make the language as open as possible, as uh, subjunctive rather than declarative as possible, so that it opens up a conversation, right? So, so rather than just... Sorry, no, go on. go on, sorry. No, no, go for it, go for it, go for it. Uh, no, I was thinking about what Jose was saying in, in the new mesh. Um, the, there is a, you want to say something, right? So, for example, one thing that I find it difficult is that you need to uh, point out something that is not going so well. What I find it difficult is to balance that with still keep the person motivated. And the reason I'm going a little bit backwards to, to the previous topic of the feedback where you are, you need to point out, you need to say, hey, this is not going so well, but you need to do that in a way that you, the person is still motivated to keep doing the job and improve. And uh, is, is in, I find it difficult, but then Jose mentioned, yeah, uh, that depending on how we do that, the, the, uh, the famous shit sandwich, right? So that we call it. So, so the, it is a bit of a manipulation. And it is, but all of the other things are manipulation. All of them. It doesn't matter what you say. If you are speaking to someone in your head, you know what you want to say. And you can say that in many different ways, extremely direct. Say, hey, this thing here, it's wrong. I don't like it. We should do this differently. Or you can find all those different techniques, let's say. Some of them might be more effective than others according to who you are speaking to. Or also one thing that I, I realized that the more you read about those different techniques, you also need to calibrate what it fits your personality. Because I, there are people that as soon as they start speaking uh, to me or with others within a team, you immediately know that they are trying to manipulate. It's, it, it's clear that manipulation So okay, now they are trying to do this and that. It's not natural. So I think that there is a combination. I think that, no, I like what you said, Mesh, that the onus, like the conversation can be far more difficult depending on the skill of the person conducting the conversation or triggering the conversation, right? So the more skills you learn in, in all those different techniques, less difficult those conversations might be. But you need to adjust to your personality I'll, and the person. I'll challenge that a, a bit. Okay. Because... Cool. A, a, for me, there's and I will an I will overreact and I'll say that you yeah, are wrong exactly. and I will not take the criticism. <laughs> no, it's not a criticism. So I'm not wrong. Um, no, how do no, you mean like it, challenging it, me? It's, no, challenge that. So I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm detaching you <laughs> See from the technique. You, uh, yeah. So uh, so no. So there's there's an aspect that I think you're you're uh, forgetting there, which is that there is a set of values or a mindset behind this thing. So. It, the tool is a tool, right? Uh, but normally when people use the sign, the sign which is a tool that is very much in line with what is called a unilateral controlled mindset, right? Like this is, for instance, if we're talking about feedback, this is reality. I have to give you this because this is, you know, this is what it is. What I'm seeing is the thing. It's what's happening, right? But that's not reality. That is your point of view. Your perspective. Yeah, your yeah. perspective. So what that tool doesn't do is allow for that conversation where 
the view is, you know, not just your point of view, but what the other uh, person has and so on. And this is, you know, the common learning mindset kind of thing, right? Like where, listen, I think it's going this way, but I'm willing to, you know, open up the door because I may not be completely you know, on track with this or whatever, right? And that's what I feel is, th this is why I feel it's very, you you do need some process. You, you do need to um, somehow, you know, frame that conversation if you want it to be... Uh, constructive mm -hmm. yeah but uh, again it's it's more also around the mindset there are people with the common uh, learning mindset that are able to use the language and they do it really well and some cultures have mastered that <laughs> no and, and, and it mm -hmm. just comes out you know it's great you, you and you you feel great warm and fuzzy inside no uh, but you just there, took criticism so so there, it's there, there is there is a uh, an element of like it's important not to see a conversation in its isolation, right? So when a shit sandwich is delivered, it's normally a conversation that was basically, I'm gathering all this stuff, all the stuff that you've done well, but I'm only actually gonna speak to you when you've done something not well, but now that I'm gonna speak to you, I'm gonna think about your energy and I'm gonna be nice and I'm gonna, bring all those few of those bits in so but actually i've come to speak to you about the thing that you've not done well right now that is a bad thing but on the other hand if you are having a continuous uh communication with somebody so that your feedback is when good things are happening that you know you're there you're close and you're you're providing that kudos as well you're providing not necessarily kudos but some kind of you know, recognition, uh, rec uh, recognition, I think. Yeah, some kind of recognition to say, you know what, and it doesn't have to be, you know, in front of people or anything else, but it's it's more kind of could be quite objective. It's like, you know, this thing happened really well. And, you know, it's because of like these things that you did and it, you know, this went really well. In that meeting, you were, you you know, you, you really had control of the meeting. You were, you you know, you I, I felt that you, you know, you, you got up, onto the whiteboard starting kind of documenting exactly what was being discussed resolved a few things you you're constantly providing that almost like positive enforcement and, and you are acknowledging uh, you you are acknowledging right so that you are not just pointing the finger in one place you are acknowledging that you are paying attention of, of a much wider spectrum of actions from that person exactly exactly and then within the context that that if at some point you then have to go say oh you know, there, uh, I felt that, um, you know, you you were working on this and I think you took the eye off the ball because this person was saying something really useful, but, you know, you kind of maybe weren't listening or ignored it or you felt that, but, you know, that part we felt that could have been handled better. And that could actually, uh, because it's part of a much longer, a much more consistent conversation, I think there, you know, you you build that relationship, as it were, and and then I, it could be comfortable. But yes, a shit sandwich delivered. Yeah. Uh, when you know the only time you actually ever come to speak to somebody because, uh, you yes. know, because it's your is your monthly uh, monthly review know, or like not even monthly, right? Whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or or you you've uh, yeah you, or that every time something is wrong, you come and say some nice things and then. 
and and that takes away uh, actually that, that that's part of the problem with the tool like that one right it, it takes away the value of that you know positive reinforcement that you're that you're doing there right um whereas you know if there's something good to say why don't you just say it yeah and and you know hey meeting fish oh great you know you leave it at that and that's it then the conversation is not then i'm not wondering no as a as the receiver of this kind of thing i'm not wondering when when is the other shoe going to drop you know what i mean because it's like oh you did great and immediately you're you're waiting for the butt no yeah, <laughs> yeah. okay but yeah. <laughs> where is it where is it no. and that is kind of why you know and the more you use this yeah the worse it is because then you know it doesn't matter what you're saying before uh, anything else people tend to ignore it he he and, and focus on the other thing and this is this is what i mean by that no that that that's uh, but, but mean, there are probably can... <laughs> no that there are there are as conversational tools let's say uh maybe you can be more specific on the examples of uh how for example do we make certain conversations that we judge difficult and how do we try to soften them how can we i'm not saying that it's possible to make it an easy certain conversations they will never be easy but they might be less difficult or easier in a way uh so for example if you gave a few examples the the the, the shit sandwich where you say a few good things and wrap the, the bad things with good things uh the the i think that they are valuable for let's say within a context where uh, a more regular feedback is not happening and you are analyzing like if you're talking about feedback a a a, a larger period of time for example uh it, it's a good tool because then you are taking a more holistic perspective but for example, you might not need to use that tool. If if you're talking about feedback here, you give more regular feedbacks according to what just happened. So there was a meeting that just happened or a, a team meeting or a client meeting, whatever that was. And then immediately afterwards, you say, hey, that thing in there, pay attention at that. Uh, maybe you couldn't have improved that. There was something that you didn't notice and stuff. And at that point, uh, there's no financial impact. There's no yearly review or payment. It's just like an immediate feedback with very little consequence, which makes it easier to give a, a, a feedback when there is not a lot of consequence. And, and you do that more regularly. So then you don't need a shit sandwich. You can be mm -hmm. very, very precise. What you cannot do is to wait one year and then say, hey, remember that meeting nine months ago that you screwed up and, and now you're going to be punished. So you see what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I, but that's... I, that's now we're going again we're going into feedback a lot uh, yeah yeah i was gonna time, say let's go back to okay. specific blah blah no but uh, but that yeah that's that's the thing no, let's I, go I feel, yeah let's go back to the other thing because i felt that we've discussed a, a lot about feedback uh to almost like people that are working with you your colleagues or even people working for you right hmm. but i'd like to discuss a bit more feedback on people you are working for so clients or your manager or you know like this is another the other aspect that actually i in my view has may have some quite different skills or different approaches needed to to make those difficult conversations easier i i can start with that like if you're 
uh, let, let's start with let's say uh, there's an imbalance of power no because that's, that's sort of like what we're no like it's my manager so if i give feedback or if i know that you know if if i don't have uh, safety no this is this is the point that i was trying to make there might be consequences therefore i may not even bring the subject up because you know i'm afraid of what the consequence is yeah mm -hmm. But sometimes um, it's not as easy as that. Sometimes the consequences of that are difficult, but the consequences of not providing the feedback may even be more difficult because the same client may come back to you further down the line and say, you haven't done a good job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Uh, if I was talking about more of a manager um, uh, kind of thing. If we're talking about a client, for me, it's a bit uh, different. Because the way, again, the way that I approach it is like, you're hiring me to do a job and to tell you, you know, what's not working. You, you may not want to hear it, <laughs> right? But it's my job to, to tell you. And that, for me, makes it a bit easier in that sense, right? Uh, how you end up delivering the, the message and so on, it's, it's uh, related, again, to, you know, the person and and this kind of thing and trying to understand as well you know this is where we go into empathy and and that kind of stuff right like trying to understand what the context is why are they acting that way and so on and again for me it's common learning right it's like hey i'm i'm bringing this up because you may not even be aware that this is happening yeah uh this is what i'm seeing this is the impact that you know it's having yeah what is your point of view? No, I'm asking, you know, I'm, I'm going to them and trying to get them to work on my task or whatever, or, or the, my story, uh, because, you know, I'm under pressure for, uh, oh, okay, so how can we, you know, or I'm going and asking them to give me reports every day because, uh, no, I, I need to be, you know, I feel like I'm not informed. And then you can start addressing. And this is why I feel like that conversation is so important because, it opens up to see recognizing what the other point of view is and then start working out a, a, a solution together, right? This is not just me going to you and saying, hey, you know, you're going to the guys and uh, trying to uh, put more work uh, no, or, or getting them to work on your thing. Stop that, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's a very different conversation because then it's not, I'm not foreseeing anything. I'm we're, we're expressing both points of view and then we're designing a solution together. And maybe there are other ways to address the needs that that person has. No, it may be, you know, I feel like I don't have any control. I feel like, and they may be right as well to, to some extent. No, it's like, hey, we haven't delivered in, you know, the last two sprints. We're always missing stuff. And, you know, we're delayed in the project. And these, all, all of these things are good conversations to have and you need to address them. Right. Mm -hmm. So, but something that initially, you know, you could see like they are behaving this way and trying to interpret and then just come up with a solution and try to impose a solution. That's not uh, very constructive. So, so th this is something that can be used uh, with clients, but even with managers as well, when you are trying to push upwards, right? So in a way, and, and, and sometimes you are trying to do a job and you are not, able to do a job well or there are things in that process that is not working well uh, i've seen people having very bad conversations in terms of going to their managers or to their clients and giving them the problem and say hey 
we cannot work well because this thing doesn't work or because that person or yourself do this and that. By the way, that's your problem now. Thank you very much. Resolve it. And so, so this is a very bad way of having a conversation. So a way of getting around that is exactly what you were saying, Jose, and is exactly how we speak to our clients and we want our people to speak to us and our clients is the same thing. So like, hey, if you are perceiving a problem that is bothering you personally or is impeding your work, try to express that and say, hey, uh, we are trying to achieve our certain things, but we have a few things that are blocking us or impacting our work. And by so this is our perception and we have a few suggestions and also ask the person like do you perceive that in the same way so do you perceive those inefficiencies that we are talking about or, or, or the, the the kind of uh strange behavior that we might have in here right so among people or with clients and stuff so and then try to see first of all if the person recognizes the problem and but also come with a few suggestions of improvement and not blaming right not saying that the client is the problem the manager is the problem the, the architect is the problem or whoever it's more like those are the issues that would be our proposed mm -hmm. solutions and mm -hmm. just to add one more thing to that uh Sandra, because before i made the point of a uh, uh, safety no to be able to talk to people and we were talking about no it with a client is similar right like i'm i'm going to you i'm bringing a problem that we need to deal with yeah uh there needs to be respect there needs to be there's a there's a common set of you know a, a context that that needs to be there if that's not there i may not want to work with you no sure <laughs> and that's that's part of the thing as well right like you need to have that context or at least set those expectations and it's something that you can do with your manager as in even if when that's not happening you can still sit down and say okay we need to have a conversation but i'm afraid that if i tell you anything yeah uh, this is going to blow up in my face could we first solve about you know talk about how we can solve that together and then if we agree we can have the conversation yeah. And it's you know, similar with the, with the. I know, I know, Jose. I mean, in theory, that's a very nice thing. Like, it seems quite ideal, but actually, it can be a bit awkward. Uh, especially, uh, I mean, this is where the cultural aspects come come in as well. Because, like, going to some somebody, like in the UK, especially to like me going to my manager and saying, you know what, I'm not comfortable with in telling you. Uh, some of the things that I need to tell you. So can we work on, on this relationship is, is a bit too direct, at least in the UK, in, in, in this culture, right? It, it, it can actually create a, quite a bit of social awkwardness. And in fact, most people will, will, will kind of say, okay, let's work on it. But internally, they're thinking, you didn't have to say that. You know, and and maybe in different cultures that's that's okay, and this is where cultural thing comes in. I I personally think it's it's what Sandro said as well. In a lot of cases, it's about under if you know sometimes you are you just have unreasonable people that you're dealing with at, at a position of authority, right? They are unreasonable, and that's one thing. So let's remove that, yeah. And then if we we are talking about somebody who is behaving in a way which is actually detrimental to your work, but they are in a position of authority. It's about kind of trying to identify things that are 
that both of you care about. And, and, and then uh, constructing the conversation in that way, right? And so, so, so that you can, you can work, you don't have to explicitly work on the relationship. What you're doing is you're working on the problem and through the working on the problem, you're building the trust and the relationship is a side effect. You know, it's not the explicit thing. I, 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 uh, I understand when trying my, uh, trying to get my point across. So what you're referring to is uh, about alignment we both want the same thing why don't we work you know we'll focus on that and then right the the, the relationship will be will it will get fixed or not but if we we accomplish that we're sort of finding that common ground uh, that allows everything else to happen that's yeah. that's fine when uh, when things break down and i'm talking about fear here i don't want to tell you because I, there are consequences is if i tell you Okay, uh, then you also need uh, this this common framework that we're talking about because that is what makes it possible that then you can deal with it. And this is again, I'm I'm drawing from coaching, and <laughs> no, it, it, I know that I'm, I don't want to use the terms and stuff, but it's it's sort of like setting that you know uh, DPA, no, the the sign this partnership agreement. No, when we when you start an engagement with the client, you normally do things like hey. Uh, what are you expecting from us, right? What are we expecting from you? Do we agree that these are the priorities? Do we agree that... And having that conversation at the beginning is what allows you to then go back and say, hey, this is not uh, working out here in this part. Could we see how we fix that? And I feel no. like for a manager uh, relationship, if that wasn't there at the beginning, which, you know, normally if you're... you're Someone comes into your team, one of the first things you do is like sort of build that framework, no, either for the team or for you know the person that you're that you're working with. But if that's not there and you don't have that tool that will allow you to, you know, have the conversation in the first place, then you need to create it. And that may be awkward. Yes. It's it's like not clarifying expectations at the beginning and then having a conversation about performance but no what, so, what the, uh, sorry but i think there is a, maybe a slight subtlety in in there uh even you if you haven't clarified expectation and then going to manage your, your manager and say well you know these expectations were not clear and i feel like that there there is a kind of expectation mismatch in that and so let's kind of make that explicit that's how easy can you know how could like in the uk as well you could have that conversation and you'd be fine you're not treading into this awkward territory but if you start a conversation with like i uh you know i am not feeling uh, i feel that uh, you know there is fear or that you, you know the relationship between you and i is not good for me to be able to say something without repercussions that kind of stuff that is not a good start to a conversation no. that's what what i'm saying like i i would not start a conversation around expectation management in that way because this brings the person already at a defensive and makes yeah, the thing exactly. a bit awkward. You know, you kind of but, putting but personalities into it I, or personal I, aspects. I, I agree, but that conversation is not about expectations management. That conversation is about creating an environment where we can have the conversation in the, that we need to have. So what, what you're doing by saying, hey, um, you know, I don't feel safe telling you what I, what I think, right? 
we should discuss that first. And then, you know, if we agree, then we can have the conversation that oh, what I need to say is basically a recognizing that that is that that is there. Yeah. And having that conversation first. This is why I feel like but it's a bit of an accusation, isn't it? Like I don't think it's an accusation. I'm talking about I'm talking about me. And then you can but it's, but it's an ex, it's an indirect accusation. It's, I don't it's feel it's your, your yeah. fault. It, it's an indirection saying like you are a dick and I and I don't feel comfortable. I'm saying I don't feel I, I don't say I don't feel safe. Yeah, so I don't no. feel safe. That's that's not, and this is how I'm feeling. You're no, no, what, no, what it, are you no, saying? No, no. Am I saying you are making? Listen, if I say you are not making me feel uh, safe, yeah, or you uh, are threatening me, then I'm talking about you. But this is how I feel. So I am talking about how I feel. It doesn't matter whether you were intentionally doing that or not. This is how I feel, and this is the. If I'm talking about me, that's not an accusation. But no, sure, I, I mean, I can tell well, you about just myself. If someone said to me, I don't feel safe in exactly. this, I would say, okay, so I'm doing something to not make you safe. So yeah. I would, and doesn't matter what, it will get, it will make me stand up a little to say like, what have I done? Right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and it will also be like, feel a bit like, well, hang on, that's a bit accusatory because, you know, it's like, what am I doing to not make you feel safe? You know, it's like a bit, it escalates the conversation a bit too quickly and at too high a place for exactly. it to then, then, then come down. Exactly. Yeah, it would be, be much better in that case uh, saying, hey, we had a conversation about X. So this is a point, this is a, 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 a type of conversation that you want to be as specific as you can instead of generalizing. Because mm -hmm. if you say, I don't feel safe speaking to you, you are making a, a, I know, although you are saying how you feel, but you are implying that someone is, is behaving in, in, a, in an appropriate way. It's very different to say, hey, we had a conversation about X uh, yesterday, and I didn't feel well according to how that conversation went. I didn't like what you said. Uh, and so that is then is then is now is a very precise uh, conversation. Is exactly when you do feedback, you don't say to someone and say, "Hey, you are not doing a good job." What you say is, "Say, hey, in this specific criteria here, I think that you are not doing well." And this is, a, is exactly the same as in when you go in the other direction, because you are going to put the other person in the in, in that position, right? So, so. The, the more specific you are, the better. And, and so, because then you can have a precise conversation. So like, for example, every time that we, we, we don't, uh, we sometimes when we are discussing technical issues, we feel that you are not always open to listen to what we have to say. That's, and, and by the way, an example of that was, was when we discussed the design for whatever feature. You are having a very specific conversation. Right, then, then you can say, okay, so we wanted to propose a few things. And so, so you are resolving a problem. You can do that, uh, Sandro, if, the, if that's not gonna have consequences. And this is where the, where the fear is coming from. So again, have you, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, don't want to like drag this even more, right? But uh, have you had that uh, ever, has it ever happened to you that uh, someone did not come to you to explain a problem that they had or a thing that they had, it evolved into something probably bigger, yeah? And 
then you realize, you know, we knew about this uh, and, you know, it didn't come until it was a big uh, issue. But because that happens, like people don't tend to have that conversation, which may I understand may be awkward. Yeah. And and it may be difficult even to to solve. Mm -hmm. And instead, they take the path of least resistance, which is I'm not going to tell them. No, I'm no, not, not going to. Sure and, and whatever. Yeah. And then then avoid that. Right. Which so, so, leads so sure. to other things. So between awkwardness and a bigger uh, outcome that maybe could have been avoided, no, especially if that was not intentional, especially if, no, I would rather have that uh, awkwardness, no, uh, going that's on. A, that's so a false, it. false kind of dichotomy. Uh, dichotomy. You, you I, don't I, have I, those I, two. Yeah, you don't have those. Just exactly. Those Because, for example, uh, yes, it happened to me in terms of knowing that maybe some people didn't come to me to talk about something. That doesn't mean that I'm creating that situation. Some people will understand uh, power imbalances in many different ways and behave in different ways. Uh, you're, you're, so hitting, you're hitting a very good point because before when when uh, Max was saying it's accusatory, etc. what you're saying now is that people can feel that way even if you're not doing anything. No, and sure, but that doesn't mean... That's what I was saying. But, 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 no, but, but, but you, you're saying you it's like I feel like you... you Maybe I exactly. So, thing. but what I meant was that you could feel like you. you bo are both sides can feel different ways. Yeah. Exactly, and said. it doesn't mean that it needs to be something that you are directly doing, or it could be the other person's. You know, I have a background. You know, this happened. It could be as exactly. simple as I just joined a team. This is what happened with my previous manager, right? Exactly. And now I'm here, and I'm afraid that this could happen with my current it, manager. That, but but this, this but this is that. the point that I'm trying to make. This is the point that I was trying to make. So so I don't like the idea that just because someone became a manager at some point, now this person is supposed to solve all the kind of problems and all the power imbalance. Because like people behave in different ways and have different experiences. The skill in triggering a conversation should not be just top down. It's not that the people at the top should have more skills to, 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 to have the conversation and stuff. Because like uh, this whole thing about safety is, for example, oh, if I have this conversation with Mash that happens to be my boss in whatever, in that, this company, then he will be mad at me. Okay, but like, do I want to have this conversation? So what is the best way? What are the best techniques that I can have to create that, uh, to, to put that thing across? Why would I fear someone? And, and again, I want to rule out, as Mash mentioned as well, the exceptional cases, the, 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 the people that are unreasonable, but they, they tend to be a smaller percentage. And I, I don't like to use that uh, as, almost as a straw man that every manager now is a, is a dragon with seven heads that are inaccessible because they were coming through the same path as everyone, right? Most of them started their career, climbed through the ladders, different jobs and stuff, and now they're in a position of power. They, they, you, you, don't, you don't just bank that is a switch that you became a manager and now you are unreasonable and you are abusing the people behind you and i don't like that that straw man uh kind of uh, thing so but but the ability to speak for example i never felt of course that i had uh, bosses that i knew that depending on what i said to, to them and how they would be pissed off and then i had the choice would i just be intimidated and say, you know what, I'm going to find another job and, and go through that same cycle again. Or I'm also going to say, okay, you know what, just changing jobs is not going to solve my problem. So maybe I should find a better way to communicate. But not only that, because those people, uh, for example, imagine all the relationships that we have. 
there are some people that we get along, some people we don't get along, some people have more tolerance, some people have less tolerance. So there are certain things that people do that you that trigger different reactions. So I, I said, you know what? I cannot be intimidated by people. So I, I might need to gain the skills to read the people that I, I want you to reach out to, people with more influence, with more power than me, and I will need to find a way to reach out to them and calibrate my, my speech. So I, I brought the responsibility to me instead of just saying, you know what, they are in a position of power. So it's their responsibility to make me safe. The safety can be created by both sides. That's what I'm trying to say. At least, I, I mean, some people might disagree. This is what I've done for my career. I didn't get to where I am. Pushing the responsibility to other people and not finding a way or making sure that I worked under the right people that would give me opportunities. I created I, that. I, I think there's one one element is there that I mean what Jose is saying is not necessarily pushing the responsibility others because what they're taking the responsibility to create the right environment. My uh, point exactly is that certain words used, certain statements made can make the other person defensive, and you don't want to start conversations on that. So saying that. Um, you know, I, I fear that if I tell you tell you something, I need to tell you something, but but I fear that it will co cause a problem. So let's sort that out. To me, is actually create starting the conversation on a very defensive foot, and to and doesn't matter what we say, the person may not mean it in an accusation, and they don't mean it in an accusatory way. It will be taken as an accusatory way. It's like. If you say that I'm not feeling safe, the and you're telling me that you're not feeling safe, the implication is that there is something I am doing to that is making you feel unsafe, and that's a scary word, right? Yeah. It's like it suddenly, like you know, as I said, it makes you stand up and thinking, what am I doing to make you unsafe? Like even if you don't say it, you know, those things come up, and it's an escalation right at the start of a conversation. And actually, I've always found, and Sandro knows, I've, I've managed up quite nicely. And this like, I would go up the hierarchies fairly quickly. And one of the main reasons is to establish trust. And establishing trust means is to create a comfortable environment where you can have conversations and even more difficult conversations with your, with your superiors in this case. And those comfortable environments, the way they come is through is trust, through a conversation that is not taxing, that, you know, you kind of talk, if you have to have a difficult thing to talk about that is very specific, that, you know, you, as Sandra was saying earlier, you come up with solutions, not just problems. You, you're also thinking that, you know, when we, I'm trying to have this difficult conversation, this person, I'm adding to to their worries is there anything i can do also to to help them reduce those worries right and those kind of things build this this trust and that's when you can then be at you know get to a point where you can be actually extremely candid so what you without a lot of context what you just described there is creating that safety but through other means instead of having you know bringing it up and being too direct with it yeah yeah uh you you go through a different avenue no where you sort of build that trust and and that you know safety to you know bring out the subject that you need to talk about or whatever right 
and you don't directly need to point out that hey this is how i'm feeling right now and it's not right that so i yeah. i completely agree i'm not saying that's the only way uh, of doing uh, something like that right there there is another aspect there oh, sorry jose is... sorry jose just just one thing i think that what we were also saying in, is that uh, creating i don't like the word safety i think that is too aggressive given the 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 certain discussions uh no, I know there's. Yeah, I know what I've done. So there is other context. There is no, no, no. I think that I think that I think that the word, the context that normally safety are used, not always are very productive. But like I think that what we, one thing that Master saying, I was saying is that it's not one person's responsibility to create that, and doesn't need to be in that position because you have uh, I agree. safety issues like in all directions. For example, there are people that even underneath you, even like with your child, right? When you had that. Uh, so there are things that you you don't have control and that person is, the position of power, power uh, is, is very clear, but you don't feel comfortable going down and, and speaking to your child. Depends. So you need to, to understand to create that. So as Mesh said, a lot of people, including the two of us, well, the three of us, in a way, because we, after more than 20 years, we, we, we went through many different organizations that we worked for or through clients. We had not always worked in a position of power, and we had to create that. We had to find that way. It's like, how can I behave in a way that I can have a sensible conversation with any person, regardless of that position? is? And you take that responsibility for yourself. And that's what I think we were talking about. I that's a point that I completely agree with. In fact, uh, what I was trying to say before is like you are the one you are someone who is not in the position of authority are taking ownership of making that happen, and you're bringing the is that a, a the right way to do it in you know X culture or you know with that person or whatever. Maybe not. Maybe there are other ways of doing it. But that's the point that I was trying uh, to make. Now it it is. Uh, I have to say it can be taking no uh, as, as, or it's a strong thing. I don't feel safe. That's that's kind of uh, but that's you know what's making the conversation uncomfortable sure. that I'm thinking that something could happen. And again, this doesn't even have to be with the person that you need to have the conversation. Uh, with this could be you know what in coaching is called a ghost right uh, mm -hmm. i had a previous experience with me my previous marriage it doesn't have anything to do with you i just i just got here to this team no and uh i'm afraid that this could happen again and i don't want to repeat it the, the, it's as simple as that right it doesn't sure, need, but, necessarily but, need to be something that you were doing. ghosts no. can exist on both sides yeah, yeah sure exactly, exactly. exactly so so but then it, it also uh, tells which kind of professional you want to be because, like, for example, throughout my career, mainly being Brazilian, mainly being very Latin in the way I speak, I cannot say that I had great relationships everywhere. <laughs> in certain places, I had some relationships that were broken, and they were both above and, uh, and below, right? So, but you learn from that. So, for example, I'm not the type of person that you say, you know what? In my previous project, in my previous job, I had one out of many relationships, because it's not that, like, if your relationship is broken with everyone, you need to look at yourself as well. But like, uh, but for example, there were cases where, okay, you know what, in my last job or the job before that, I didn't have a good relationship with my manager or my team lead or more my colleague, yeah? 
one one option that you have and now you became afraid of it you became afraid of having conversations with anyone that has a manager in their job title another way and that's the path that i took for myself and say okay you know what it was we are all people but it was also my failure because i was also not able to establish a relationship in there i cannot keep blaming people for every failure failed relationship that i had so then I took it in a wrong way. Instead of being a ghost to me and say, okay, now that I'm in a clean slate, I changed jobs, I'm in a different environment. How can I behave in a way that I will establish trust, that I will have that good relationship? And if I feel that someone has uh, a bad attitude towards me, how can I turn that around? But it takes a type of person to behave in that way. And I don't like the oppressor uh, oppressed kind of mentality. I will try to take ownership and turn that around. Yeah, I, I by the way, I lost the audio there for a moment. Uh, but I, I agree, I agree. However, the situation, like I'm, I'm looking back and, you know, we've come really far, like the, the kind of organization that Cadurance is, is, you know, Cadurance is special, mm -hmm. but for me at, at least it, it is special. No? So, uh, but I've seen you know, bosses where, uh, you know, fear is the way to control. Power is the way to, you know, is it, what's this bullshit of, you know, emotional safety and, uh, yeah. no, they need to fear me because that's the way that that's, that's, I'm the one that, and, and I've seen that. And it's not a, I mean, you've probably seen it as well. It's not, I'm not saying, sure. it, but it, it is out there. The proportion of, you know, organizations where you know that's prevalent now to to some extent is is not insignificant uh from my point of view right this is why no, you know, know. We, we we're very lucky in that sense well i, I think, maybe i think if maybe it's, live in it, a bubble yeah. but uh, yeah but i i think yeah i mean it's it is you know i'm sure it's especially in the it world there is a you know the the demand for people is high and people can move jobs quite quickly. And uh, these kind of fear related organizations, they very quickly find out that, you know, people are uh, no longer, or, you know, people who can move the ones that they really want them to stay, they, they start moving. But if the you, you are in an organization where this is the kind of modus operandi, no amount of conversation is gonna, Find another job. That. Yeah, it's it's in job. those cases. Yeah, you know, come work with us. Losses. Yeah, come work for us. <laughs> exactly. So because because there's no point in putting up with stuff, with putting up with shit, right? So there is a limit to how much you should try. I was I wrote extensively about that as well, right? So we always say like either you change your job or you change your job, right? So or change your work or change your work or something like that. So the the I think that that is an element of that. I know that we are way, way, way over time. This is the longest. Uh, this yeah, is the longest. Yeah, that we've, yeah that I was going to say that so we need to start wrapping up. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I just would like, I know that uh, I should not be introducing anything new right now, but that is just, just. Uh, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but, but I'm going to, I, I, I will, because like someone on Twitter was actually mentioning that as well. So there was a guy, uh, unfortunately I forgot his name, because I would need to, to go through my thread, but like he was asking me, how do you manage conversations where you are trying to, for example, the, the question on Twitter was like, 
what do you do when someone says Agile or TDD doesn't work? And I want to generalize it. I want you to focus on those questions specifically. But for example, another asset that we didn't cover is when you are trying to reach an agreement. There's nothing to do with power management and salaries or feedback. It's more about decision-making, right? You are having a difficult discussion with your team, with your architect or whoever, because you need to move forward. And, 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 uh, and uh, I just want to summarize that. What I told this, 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 this guy on Twitter, and I said, first of all, don't entertain conversations like X doesn't work. If you, if you be under the situation of X works or X doesn't work, that is a waste of time. So basically my, my suggestion was to avoid those kind of conversation is go back to the problem, make sure that you, do you see the same problem in the first place? Because if you cannot even agree on the kind of problem that you have, trying to discuss what solution in case Agile, TDG or whatever else, uh, is not going to work. So, so that is a difficult conversation that every time that I see that I'm struggling, uh, even well among ourselves, among the three of us, if we see, but we, we got very good at it very quickly. But if I say something that I see that Mesh is not quite liking what I'm saying or you, Jose, what, what we normally do, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm trying to solutionize a problem that they are not seeing. Let's go back to what, so I perceive this problem. Is this something that you guys see that as well? And I try to align that first. Once you have that alignment, then you are not in opposite directions anymore. Now we are in the same side, looking at the same problem, and then we can work together in coming up with solutions. But this is another kind of awkward conversation that you normally have in teams or with clients when you need to make a decision and we don't see eye to eye. It's actually, this is what the, you know, the, the kind of that philosophical concept of uh, dialogical versus dialectical comes in. And this is explained by Richard Sennett in his book together as well. And he, uh, the kind of conversation that he labels dialectical is like uh, an advocate, a lawyer uh, presenting their case in what they are trying to do is sh show the jury that they are right, right? And they, they have no, um, there is no uh, reason or, or there's no intention to change the mind. I am going to change someone's mind. Now, this is dialectical, right? And then the other one is dialogical, is that I have a certain um, opinion and I want to understand more. I want to inform this opinion more by by having discussion with people who, who may have conflicting opinions so we can have this discussion to increase my knowledge. That's dialogical. And actually just finding this, understanding that there is a dichotomy there. I mean, we do it all the times, but knowing that what you're doing sometimes helps you have better better discussion. So when going back to, to what you said, it's like, like X is wrong. It's, it's a basis of a dialectical discussion. I have made a statement, you know, guilty until proven innocent, right? And, you know, I challenge you to prove me wrong, but, you know, I've already made the made my... And, my and you started the conversation in a confrontational way. You, you, yeah, you are exactly. not, right? So, so you already set the, the, the rules for the conversation. It will be a confront. We will yeah. be now, we are in opposite sides. In well, fact, it's wrong in two cases, both in dialectical and it's uh, declarative. You know, we're talking about subjunctive versus declarative. Mm -hmm. It's dialectical and declarative. So you declared mm -hmm. 
and you have no intention to to have a different opinion. Yeah. Your intention is just to get your idea through. That's yeah. n- nothing else matters in that. Yeah. This is this is uh, again quite interesting because it I again and this time again I'm I'm kind of <laughs> no but because uh, before you said no it, if you start in the no if they start in this way you know confrontational is very it's very difficult that the conversation is going to go well I agree if you don't you know if you don't stay curious if you don't actively listen because if someone comes say that it doesn't work is crap uh, my question would not be whether oh you're wrong that that would be confrontational yeah it'd be like why do you think that like what mm-hmm. is it that you think that you're and then by asking the question and and starting that dialogue and really trying to understand what why this person has come to the conclusion that this is the solution and we should stop doing TDD and we should stop you know, whatever it is that they're presenting, no? Then, even if they're not telling you, right? If that's not, if they didn't come with the clarity of mind of saying, hey, I have this issue, uh, I, you know, this is what I've analyzed, this, I think this is the conclusion for this thing, no? And, and I would like you to, you know, get on board, whatever, right? You can still take the conversation towards what is that need that is not being fulfilled and understand better what that, uh, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the context for this person and what is it that they're feeling about it? Maybe, you know, maybe that's coming out of frustration. I don't know how to do it. And, you know, I, I'm more productive uh, when I'm not doing tests than when I'm doing tests because, well, I'm learning or whatever. And then you can start as uh, well, well, then, you know, you, you, this is, this was your original no, statement. TD doesn't work, right? So what have you what have you tried so far, right? Like what mm-hmm. are the no? And again, what it, are you doing a, instead? Exactly, yeah? What are you doing so, instead because, to solve okay, it? Maybe you yeah. have a different exactly. Maybe you have a different way of solving the same problem. Let's hear that, right? Or and maybe again, it doesn't work in your context at all, right? Or maybe yeah, they're right. Exactly. It doesn't work, but in that context that they mean, it doesn't work. Yeah. Exactly. And, so, and also, like, what, yeah. what I was saying is the definition of the terms as well, because, like, uh, in that Twitter, small Twitter thread, uh, that's what I was said. Like, so, like, first of all, I would not entertain the conversation as it came to me. If someone says, X doesn't work, Agile doesn't work, let's discuss. I said, no, I'm not entertaining that. So, <laughs> so, so uh, like, I, I lost uh, a time of my life, like, many years ago, I, I used to entertain that. And those are times don't work. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, (laughs) so, but 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 then but then but then you are trying to to uh, I would not yeah do the binary thing works those way. I know I know you are. (laughs) But the the but then what I was saying is uh, first of all uh, I would say go back what problem you're trying to solve, but also would try to understand what do they mean by the term, like for example, in this case, agile. What do you mean by agile, right? Because sometimes, uh, first of all, we are not talking about the same, co- first of all, we need to understand the context, uh, what problem they were trying to solve, and also the definition of the term itself. What do they mean by X? Because it might, we might have a different definition or a different idea of what X is. And if we do have a different uh, uh, definition, there's no way in hell that we can agree in anything, mm-hmm. right? So, 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 so that, that's th- those are things that I'm just wanted to, to squeeze in in this episode because some, quite often we see those difficult conversations in teams. People, 
locking horns, you know, like uh, because they are discussing solutions and they completely lost track of the problem or they might not even have the same definition or understanding of the solutions being proposed, mainly when they mention certain terms. So that's a way to alleviate that as well. Yeah. Oof, okay, so that was a difficult uh, fireside chat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jose's room so slowly got darker and darker. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cool. Uh, any final words before we wrap up? Um, I'll, I'll start. I think, again, this is a topic that is huge. There are many different contexts. There, there's no one size fits all, right? Uh, I think the best you can do is sort of like find some guiding principles and, you know, tools that maybe work out for you and then, you know, do the best you can. Uh, I feel like uh, emotional intelligence and you know self-control and and that kind of thing is very important uh, especially in difficult conversations right and it's something that we we tend to we need to train no uh, especially if you want to get good at it i would recommend a, a book called uh, smarter leaders smarter teams uh, that talks about some of the stuff that I mentioned, like, you know, unilateral control mindset and common learning mindset, talks about, you know, lo lots of these things. Um, you know, it 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 might help you, you know, if you're looking into some of this stuff. Yeah. Mesh, any final words? I think from my point of view, it's, you know, a, it's a skill and it's a very, very important skill, you know, um, and there is a lot of material out there, as Jose mentioned. There are books like Strategies for Your Brain that actually helps you understand how, you know, it is at the end of the day, how you perceive things is actually up to you. And that can help with discussions, understanding what kind of discussions you're having, being aware, practicing. These things all matter to get towards gaining that skill. And it is a very important skill. So I'd say invest time in building that skill up having conversations, especially communities and those kind of things where you can have conversations in, in nice safe spaces without too much emotional attachment around the work that you're doing or your, you know, your job or this kind of thing. So practice. Yeah. Uh, for, from my side, uh, I think that some people might be thinking, oh, you haven't mentioned uh, nonviolent communication. Yes, that is an another book we all read. Yes, that's another book you can also read in there. There is How to Win Friends and Influence People. That is, uh, can be a good book to read. Uh, the, for me, like, uh, first of all, of course, like if you are working mainly with people above you that are really, really, really unreasonable and you are within IT, Take responsibility. One of the options you have, find another job. That's an option. And you should exercise that uh, if you, uh, well, as, as an option. The, but, but also take the responsibility as well. I think that creating a safe space goes all different ways, right? So if you know the techniques, as Mesh was saying, investing on learning different techniques to speak to people, all this literature that we mentioned allows you to create uh, uh, a, a space, I wouldn't say, but a space that you can have sensible conversation with people at all levels, below, above, and at the same level. It all depends on how you behave and also control. 
So, so that that's, that would be my recommendation as well. Take ownership of that. Okay. So as always, if you manage to stick with us for an hour and a half, so leave that big thumbs up. <laughs> Subscribe to the channel. Uh, leave your comment if you want us to discuss something. Uh, as always, we, we try to listen to people and, and see what they are interested, in, and we will also we'll have a, ch a chat about it. So, yeah, thank you very much. See you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.